Hey sluts, welcome back to the Slutrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Anna D, and today I have a special interview show for you. Remember when I interviewed the panty queen, Dalma Rosa? Well, this week she interviews me. Dalma Rosa founded the Panty Selling School, the Panty Selling Podcast, and she has amazing courses for beginners and experts when it comes to selling panties on the internet. To learn more about Dalma or listen to the episode where I interview her, just check out all the links in the description. podcast I am so pleased to have you here oh I'm so happy to be here it was great to have you on my podcast so had to do it in return yay no thank you for that um I guess the way I'd like to start off is just with your sort of origin story now I have listened to your YouTube um video where you're talking about how like you know basically there's not really like one certain way that you fell into all Mm -hmm. of this it just kind of happened and it's been part of an overall journey but more specifically with regards to, you know, sex work and in inverted commas, like I know you mentioned something about starting off with feet pics or, you know, how did you basically get into this line of work? So in a nutshell, because everyone's story can be as long or as short as you want to put it, <laughs> but I feel like we all have that chapter where you remember where you started because when everything's new and it's the first time those emotions stick with you. So if I were to kind of look back in my brain, I think, okay, I was stripping when I was 17, just for fun. I was just a crazy young girl. And there were so many like opportunities in the strip club that I was unaware of that I was simply digesting when I was working. And when I got fired from the club, cause they found out my age, uh, oh my I heard about someone in my circle who was webcamming and I was so intrigued and I went on myfreecams.com and I saw these models and I was like, okay, this is like stripping, but at home and it's more private. Like, this is awesome. You can make money and I'm just a competitive person. So seeing these models, I was like, okay, so easy to emulate. I got this and was so motivated after I got on and started getting tokens and tips it instantly became a day-to-day thing, but I was very private about it. It was like my dirty little secret. And while all this is happening, I'm like learning how to orgasm, learning how to love myself, learning how to feel empowered, take control, set boundaries, like all these things I was learning because I was just figuring it out on my own. So of course, when you're being thrown at the wolves, people will ask different requests and you're starting to understand what you're okay and not okay with. Mm. And, you know, people want panties and socks. It's common in online sex work. So when someone wanted a pair, I I was like 50 bucks. Okay. Take them, (laughs) take all of them. So, you know, honestly, I probably sold them for 20 because back then 20 bucks, that was like a full tank of gas. Um, So that happened and it just became a very normal thing. And I realized that my smell was very desired and I became very comfortable with that and how to really, um, what's the word? Like, you know, when there, when you track your different times of the month and stuff, you can really become in tune with what they want when they want it. So that was a big part of it during webcamming. Um, but I was also starting a business on the side and within 
two years, I had probably saved up a hundred thousand dollars and was kind of putting it all into starting an online clothing store. And one thing led to another. At one point I was literally shipping out orders for my store while I was webcamming. I'd be like, I can do two things at once. And the, I drew the line when I said, okay, I'm making more money with my brand. I started than I am webcamming. So I'm going to cut the cord. That was fun. Leave it behind. And then fast forward almost five, six, seven years. It's all a blur. Um, after being on TikTok and being inspired by sex workers, again, getting on OnlyFans, I said, you know what? It's time for some story times. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk about it. Let's, um, what's it called when you like just spill the tea (laughs) and I had no idea. Oh my God. The can of worms that opened ever, uh, that that's how it started. That was the moment. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So you were only selling panties and worn items through the, the webcam work that you're doing. Is that right? Or did you try out any platforms or anything like that? Well, I went on panty deal and it was, it was difficult for me. I felt it was easier to do one-on-ones. Like I'd get their email from my free cams and built these um, more direct relationships. And I started using eBand. Yes. It's kind of like eBay and it's kind of a darker site. You have to know HTML to really make good listings. And that's something I'm well-versed at. Mm -hmm. And that's the website where we saw all the weird, 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 lovely, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am. I, I joined eBand because I've been on a mission basically to join every platform so that I can talk about it. And Love you're it. absolutely right. Like I was so frustrated because I was like, what do you mean I have to upload photos to a hosting <laughs> site and then get some link and put it God knows where? Like it just, the whole thing turned me off. Like I need things to be easy. I need them to be like quick and understandable. And that's another reason why I fell out with Panty Trust so quickly because like you needed a fucking PhD to be mm-hmm. able to navigate their site <laughs> and all the bullshit rules that came along with it. So yeah, I guess like the moral of the story is like some sites are definitely for you and some are just like, you don't vibe with them. So there's no point in even trying. Mm-hmm. Well, here, here's the thing. It made me a big fish in a smaller pond because there were, you know, they have different categories, panties. There's probably a hundred listings there, but then you go to financial domination or miscellaneous items or clips. And there's only like two, if not one listing under there. So I started kind of dominating those categories and dealing with customers who were on that site because they wanted to be very discreet, very just I wouldn't say easy customers, but they came there because they know what they wanted. And over the years, I built really, really good feedback. I didn't have one review under five stars. And to this day, I still have clients that I met there over the years. And when I discuss to my mentees about building client relationships, I'm like, you won't even have to use those websites once you have, you know, a handful of clients because they can, you know, you can get your coin just working with them versus busting your ass trying to talk to a hundred people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, like talking about being a big fish in a small pond, I recently did some, you know, deep research into all the nooks and crannies on the internet that people are selling worn Mm -hmm. items or, you know, foot picks or all that kind of stuff. 
And it's really interesting to me, like sex workers or, you know, a proportion of them are really wily, like they're really on the lookout for opportunities and, you know, and they will capitalize on them when they see them. And I think that's something that I've really come to love about sex workers. It's like, you know, they're, they're shut down left, right and center, you know, literally. Um, but they always find a way, you know, it's like nature finds a way. And I just absolutely love that. So yeah, eBand, I got a message from somebody on Twitter who's doing really well on eBand. It's not something for me because like I said, well, I don't have the time and I also don't have the patience for it. But yeah, it's about finding, you know, what works for you. Well, I will say this, if anyone listening wants to try it, if you can figure out the HTML to create a template listing, you can just paste that HTML in every one of your listings and just change the photo links. Right. And I use um, imgbb.com. It's a free hosting site. You just upload it there. You get the link to the photo and it will delete the image from the internet within 30 days. Um, so once you do that, the, the listings are really easy to, to do. And what I've noticed on there too is 90% of the sellers are anonymous. They don't show their face. And it's really interesting to me. I think some of the guys enjoy like these quote unquote, normal women are on there, like doing yeah. naughty things. It's, it's yeah. kind of feels like a black market kind of website. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And also if you're listening to this and you are a whiz with HTML, then there's an opportunity there for you, for people that want to have that so that they can mm -hmm. sell on a site like that. Do you know what I mean? It's just, there's just opportunities everywhere. And I absolutely love that. Um, so at the moment you're on OnlyFans, right? Do mm -hmm. you also still sell worn items or have you kind of like let that go now to focus on the 400 other things that you're doing? At oh gosh. Well, when Black Friday and the holidays come around, I am just a shell of myself and I try to schedule content there, right. but you know, if I'm wearing a cute pair of underwear and I'm ready for a new pair, I'll frequently post like a little butt shot in the panties and say like, Hey, DM me if you want this pair like once a week. So mm -hmm. that kind of reminds my 20,000 subs that I do have items that are ready to go. And I've noticed on OnlyFans, a lot of guys are coming there because they find me on social media because of the viral series I did. And they're wanting to get their first pair of used panties. And they're like, what do I do with them when I get them? I'm like, well, you're like the you're the gateway for everyone else then because <laughs> you're bringing all these new inexperienced panty buyers and panty sniffers to us because like once they've done it once, they're like, well, hell, this is amazing. Who else can I buy from? No, that's great. You're doing us all a brilliant service. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so with everything that you have going on, because I mean, honest to God, I was exhausted just reading through your like your links on your Instagram I was like bloody hell how is this woman doing all this how do you organize your time give us your secrets I if I'm not doing something I get really like it almost gives me anxiety if I'm sitting somewhere bored it's it almost makes me feel depressed so if I'm doing something it's really the best thing for my mental health and I get these ideas and I'm like I think of ideas, but I also implement them, which is kind of like a superhero quality because some people usually are just creative, but they don't want to put in the work or mm -hmm. some people are good at a creative person telling them what to do. So I'm a little bit of both. And a few uh, years ago when I only had my store alien outfitters, I sold 
18 and up products like adult toys and I sold knives and uh, tobacco products and the internet changed a little bit. And all of a sudden I couldn't use PayPal. I couldn't advertise. And it was very similar to what sex workers go through with payments. Mm -hmm. And I had this huge anxiety, like, okay, I have no degree. This is the only store I have. I'm not doing sex work anymore. Like what happens if Instagram deletes my account and I can't advertise I'm, I'm going to lose everything. I wouldn't be able to pay my bills. So I had a moment where I said, okay, we're putting all these eggs in some motherfucking baskets. <laughs> so open some more stores, um, do the social media influencing, starting a YouTube, doing the podcast. And I simply do like, I do a lot of things at the same time. Like I could be filming myself while we do this podcast and then I could upload it to YouTube. Or if I'm doing inventory at my warehouse, I can go on TikTok live and interact and engage with my followers. So I always try to utilize my day to day as content creation. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I do. This is the first year I've ever had a team and it took me a decade to trust anyone with all of this. Um, but that, that's kind of like, there's really no, I couldn't like write it down how to be motivated. I think a lot of it comes down to your childhood, your DNA. And if you are the person that wants to like create a life for yourself instead of just going through the motions. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I'm nodding furiously as you're talking <laughs> because I feel that way too. Um, I have a lot of things going on in my life. Um, and I, you know, I love it. Like I love to be busy. And like you, if I've got nothing to do, it's very disconcerting place to be. Um, but I guess my question would be like, do you have things like on Monday, I'll do video content on Tuesday. I'll do, you know, like podcast record. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you batch Mm -hmm. your work like that? I, you know, my assistant, she, uh, we signed up for asana.com. We use it to communicate and create tasks for all the brands. It's A-S-A-N-A.com. And she made me like a morning to-do list, like monthly goals. And it gives me anxiety just to even open it on the computer. I have to have sticky notes everywhere. So above my computer, I have a hundred sticky notes of podcast ideas, things on my mind. And One thing I read in a book called Manage Your Day-to-Day, they said if you just take one sticky note for the day and put all your goals in there from order of most important, um, but just accomplish those things on a sticky note. You know, a three-inch by three-inch piece of paper is all the goals that you realistically can do. So if I feel overwhelmed, like if I'm about to scream because I have too much on my plate it's sticky note time. And once I get through three days of accomplishing my big priority things that will ultimately create better opportunities for myself, then I get in a better boat of consciousness. Um, But that, you know, I kick myself in the ass really hard and I give myself incentives. So for example, you know, like today it's like, I'm going to do this podcast. I'm going to work out, but you know what? At the end of the day, I'm going to get my big old glass of wine. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to work hard in order to, um, what's the word like celebrate and gift myself a reward for working hard. So like a reward based system helps a little bit. Yeah, no, I think that's a good idea. I probably do a combination of things like the masculine side of things and the feminine side of things. So for the masculine when I create video content, I rent an Airbnb 
and I record like between 30 and 50 videos in you know a day and a half or two days or something like that and then that's oh my god that sounds so much fun yeah it's fucking insane like I've nearly killed myself twice now doing it oh Um, my god I want to look at some airbnbs and do a little self I sent yeah because you can get like really wicked you know rooms and props and all kinds of shit for super cheap I absolutely this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me is discovering this and um, wait so wait wait let me let me ask you do you ever get scared about like hidden cameras or in the agreements when they're like no photography allowed a few people have said that to me actually the last airbnb <laughs> that I um rented he also rented it out on a day rate for um filming and photography and stuff like that so he was already on board with that um but no I, I don't worry about it I'm like well you know I suppose they could be doing that, but yeah. Well, tried- you watch you watch a documentary about it, and then you're fucked. <laughs> like about hidden yeah. cameras the size of like a pea. Yeah, I'll be like spending the first few hours scouring the rooms for anything dodgy. Um, but so that's like the masculine side of things, and then the feminine mm. side is where I'm just like, what do I feel like doing today? Because I have videos to edit and upload for my I want clips. And they're sitting on my phone. I'm like, oh, I should really do that today. And then I like give myself permission because I'm like, well, I don't fucking want to do it today. Like, I don't feel like it. And if I don't feel like it, then I'm not going to do a good job. And so therefore it's like, well, I'll just not do that. Do you know what I mean? So that's just like, those are the two ways that I find I get shit done. It's a combination of what can I be bothered doing or what do I want to do? It's not like I can never be bothered to do stuff. I always want to do stuff, but it's like, what am I in the mood for? And then like the second part is like, okay, I have a lot of shit going on in my life. How can I structure this in like an organized way that makes sense for everybody else? Well, that's a really good point because you have to do kind of what your mental health allows you to do, because if you're not in a good headspace, your content's not going to be good. And like, even today it's Sunday and, you know, podcasting isn't work. It's like a, you know, a fun conversation to have with a good friend. But if I needed a day off, even if I had a lot of stuff to do, my body's like, bitch, you need 12 hours of sleep because you got a week of hell you got to get through. Yeah. That was actually my next question for you, which was how do you avoid burning yourself out? Because, you know, when you're a creative person and you like thrive on doing stuff, Mm -hmm. you do also like have the tendency to, you know, ignore the little subtle signals, or at least I do. Until my body goes, no, right, I'm going to fucking sort you out because you have to stop now. So, you know, what are your sort of like signals for when you're maybe overdoing it? And how do you deal with like not burning yourself out? I can tell, uh, and that's a great question, but I can tell that I get really bitter when I'm burning out. I'm just, I get really snappy with people. Like if my mom calls, I'm like, I I can't even talk. I can't do this. I just it, t- it takes so much energy to talk for me. Like some mornings it takes me an hour of dead silence to decompress. Right. So a lot of the times uh, when I was working out of the house, I mean, now we have a warehouse now, but I just wouldn't set an alarm in the morning. Some people are morning people, but I would sleep until my body was ready to start the day and I would work into the night. So people wouldn't bug me because I get really distracted with all the notifications throughout the day. And secondly, for the past almost two years, I've been taking antidepressants and anti-bipolar medication. And that has 10,000 million percent put me in a better 
headspace um, of not feeling, you know, self-conscious, depressed, paranoid about this type of work. And it's put me in a kind of fuck it attitude, which I am very empowered by. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Zero fucks. Um, Yeah, that that is actually one of my questions later on, but I'm going to not, I'm just going to leave that until later. Okay. My next question was, this is a question that actually came my way this morning and I'm interested in your perspective on it. It was a, a buyer, uh, not a buyer, it was a seller who, you know, presumably has overcome the sort of honeymoon period, right? Where like everything's new and exciting and oh my God, this is amazing. How can I make money from this? Oh, wow. Um, and then moved into the kind of like, okay, every day is kind of the same now. I'm doing the same sort of stuff and I'm actually a little bit bored how do you like what advice do you give to sellers to avoid boredom in their work and their sex work and like keep things interesting well your your job your life is as boring or as happy as you want it to be and think about if you were at a more I like say normal job but like what is normal but (laughs) the day-to-day is going to be pretty boring as it is so it's kind of like what can you do to make it fun Mm. so in my first thought in my head is like, you know, wake up, spend more time with your makeup, do something different. Like you said, go to an Airbnb, you know, this, when you're creating content, you, it can be a really fun opportunity, you know, go on TikTok, get inspired, look at other sellers profiles. Like whenever I look at what other people are doing, it somehow fiercely motivates me when I see girls who are just killing it. And I'm like, why am I not there? Okay. Let me see what they're doing. All right, let's do this. We're going to make some fucking money today. Yeah. So how do you like, how do you stop yourself from comparing yourself to other people in a kind of like, I know what you're saying, like you can be motivated and inspired by other people and I can as well. But then equally, you know, there's a lot of us out there who can see someone and then end up feeling crushed and not good enough. And oh my God, Hmm. It's, it's easy to say, you know, we can all make it. We're all Queens. Let's all lift each other up. It's very easy to say that. And I think it has to become a lifestyle and being in a position where I am very fetishized and like worshiped and loved on social media. People create this idea of who I am for them because Mm -hmm. I help them and then they idolize it. Mm -hmm. And it can be very difficult navigating those emotions for me because I feel like I'm getting sucked dry a lot but if someone leaves me a comment and they're like oh my god I wish I had your hair I always reply and I'm like but you have your hair and your hair is beautiful or if someone says I want to be you and I'm like but you're you and that's your power so it becomes very clear to me that I need to really vocalize to people that look up to me like hey you're never gonna be me but you're you so let's fucking make you work let's make yeah, you yeah. love you and that it's just a mindset that takes time and you have to like write it down on paper do your mantras yeah. and um just like any any sort of self-love it takes work and then you get there and then it's easy yeah no I'm a big proponent of using a journal and just you know getting all of the bullshit out of your head onto the page can be really cathartic because a lot of the time you know it's going around in your head but you're not really pinpointing it you're not like holding it down and looking at it it's just like affecting you without you even really being able to vocalize what the problem is and um, so mm-hmm. for me like I'm like yeah journal is just basically how I have mapped out 
my whole life up until this point and I always swear by it and I feel like people listen to me and they're like yeah yeah whatever whatever and I'm like no but really <laughs> seriously if you sit down with a pen and paper and you know just get all of this shit out of your head it makes you feel better and it can also be like really positive for moving your business and all aspects of your life forward that's um sorry I just had <laughs> a brain fart oh no no that's all right that's all right um, but yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And, and also the last thing that I'll say about this is I have like a highlight reel on my Instagram, which uh-huh. is, you know, like, um, sort of like testimonials or praise or whatever that people are sending me, like how I've helped them and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's good. And I think, do you know what, like, honestly, if the number of people that see that knew that I still struggle with thinking like I'm not good enough I'm not doing enough all this kind of stuff like it's just the human condition to be questioning ourselves and comparing ourselves to other people and all this kind of stuff so I think just knowing that it's normal can help oh I I mean that's that's such a great point because I still get so I'm we're all emotional beings and there's why do people say like, don't read the hate comments, don't listen to the haters. Cause mm-hmm. we're human beings. We feel yeah. those things. So it's, I hear those comments louder than the, the nicer ones. Yeah. And I have a little journal too, of people who've sent me like fan mail or pictures. And I keep that on my desk sometimes yeah. just to be like, okay, I am loved. And yeah, yeah. I don't suck after all. But, um, yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. No, no, I was just going to go on to the next question, unless there was anything you wanted to just say about that. It's when you are being vulnerable on the internet, it's you're allowing people to come hurt you. Mm. So it's, it's a trade-off. It's definitely a trade-off. And I I think as well with TikTok, this is a, a conversation I had with another TikToker you know, normal people, if you like finding my TikTok and commenting on it feels very vulnerable to me. I'm like, fucking hell, like these are normal people being presented with sex worker information. And then of course, feeling like they have, you know, <laughs> the obligation to comment on that and, and troll or all, all that kind of stuff. Like, how do you deal with trolls on TikTok? Like, do you just not bother reading through your messages or, or what? I've never even met a troll in real life. I've never met someone who admitted to doing that. And I, I really can't even understand, like you said, what, what happens in your brain that makes you have to stop and comment what Mm -hmm. you're feeling and to unload your trauma on someone else. So Mm -hmm. it makes sense to me that hurt people hurt people. So right there, it's an opportunity to say like, Hey, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. is something going on? I'd be glad to be your punching bag, but like, let's talk about it so you don't yeah. hurt another creator. Yeah. Um, so I, I sympathize with trolls. And at the end of the day, if you stoop down to their level and try to fight them, they will beat you with experience. Right. Okay. No, that's really good advice. Thank you. Um, Thank because you, it's made me go, oh, do you know what? I don't know if TikTok's for me because I don't know if I've got thick enough skin for it. <laughs> Well, you know what? It's going to thicken you up, girl, and you can always turn off those comments and yeah. let those comments be an opportunity to allow you to grow because yeah. in every situation where you're like feeling icky, I always say like, okay, what's the universe teaching me right now? Yeah. What do I need to change to prevent this pattern from happening again? That's really good advice. Thank you. Thank so, you. <laughs> um, 
what this is just something that I think is a really good thing to include just again to hammer home the message that we're all human and we all fuck up especially in this industry but I just wondered like what mistakes have you made along the way you know sex worker related stuff so I have this list in front of me and I think simply in simple terms there's a lot of things that I know you educate beginners about like not using your real return address or not replying from a personal email Mm -hmm. or not using photos that you have on personal social media. So there's all those little things that you learn in the beginning, the hard way. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that that's just kind of like very basic. But then once you really get into it, you still encounter situations that can be difficult because every situation is different. For me, like being vulnerable and open to a customer. And then if I can't deliver something, they ask how, like how to navigate that conversation so that I'm stern with them. But I also like, sometimes I feel like I have to be nice to avoid them trying to like blackmail me, if that makes sense. And it's really difficult to like, you get that icky feeling in your stomach and you're like, I don't want to block them because I don't want them to come after me like anonymously because they have that power in a sense. Yeah. What do you feel about that? No, absolutely. I was going to say that I've met sellers, uh, you know, like obviously sellers have communications with buyers and they'll screenshot that and share it with, you know, in sellers groups and things like that. And I've Mm -hmm. seen, um, you know, conversations where I'm like, bloody hell, like, you know, they just (laughs) let rip and they're like, I am not taking your bullshit. I'm not tolerating this. Like you can fuck off. Right. And then I'm the same as what you just said there. Like my initial instinct would be to not pander to them, but to placate them, right? And to kind of like get my point across, but still, and I'm wondering whether that's like some, you know, fucked up daddy issue type stuff where it's like, oh, I can't have the older man or the the powerful man be angry at me, like, you know, and all this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But also I have also experienced, and maybe this is more around my period, like that sort of power struggle take place in a conversation where I'm like, okay, you think you have the power here, but actually I fucking do. So, you know, you can just like do one basically. So it is, it's like this really weird dance depending on, you know, like if my intuition goes, okay, this guy's a little bit creepy, like you need to be careful here, then I always follow that. But I think there are some sellers who are just like, you know, they're like, they don't take any shit and they straight off the bat come down with something like equally aggressive or whatever. So yeah, I don't know what the right answer is with that, but I do feel vulnerable in a sense. And I don't know, have you ever had like anybody like seller or buyer? Because some sellers have been quite strange with me as well. And I felt a little bit like stalker vibes almost. Like, Mm -hmm. have you ever experienced that? it's it's funny because fan and stalker can kind of like be the same sometimes but I don't want to trigger anyone who's been sexually assaulted but it really made me think about how if that were to happen a lot of times women will shut off and Mm -hmm. allow the assaulter to do as they please because it's a way to protect themselves so when someone becomes aggressive I it triggers me and then I'm like Okay, how can I respectfully say, like, look, I don't think I can offer you what you want. 
Spring is in the air, lovelies, and with it comes a fresh wave of energy, blossoming flowers, and endless possibilities. But you know what puts an extra skip in my step? My fabulous partners at Viahem. Trusted by a whopping 250,000 plus goddesses just like you, Viahem's products are just like a magical wellness wand in a bottle. Feeling a bit frazzled after a hectic day? Cue the Via gummies for instant relaxation. Battling stress and anxiety? Don't worry, there's a gummy for that too. And for those intimate moments, Via has concocted something truly special. High Love Gummies, infused with pleasure-boosting cannabinoids, libido-reviving herbs, and just the right touch of THC, these gummies are your ticket to an electrifying experience between the sheets. But wait, there's more. Via offers an array of other gummies, with or without THC, catering to every goddess's needs. Whether you prefer a subtle 2mg dose or a bolder 50mg kick, Via has your back. From improving sleep to sharpening focus or aiding in recovery, there's a gummy for every occasion. And the cherry on top? You can easily browse and shop their collection online, categorized by strength and effect. And here's the best part, darling. Via ships discreetly to all 50 states, right to your doorstep. No medical card needed. So go ahead, indulge in a little self-care spree with Via Hemp because you deserve nothing but the best, goddess. Head over to viahemp.com and use code goddess to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies 21 and up only that's viahemp v-i-i-a-h-e-m-p.com and use code goddess at checkout please support our show and tell them we sent you take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from viahemp now back to the show Here's a few free nudes and I'm going to send you a few sellers that I think you'll really like and that could really take care of you. And yeah. I'm going to try my best to maybe think about doing this in the future. So, you know, definitely reach back in a few weeks or something just yeah. to sound like I'm active listening to them, even though it's complete bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, of course, if you got to block someone, you got to do what you got to do and using a VPN to kind of protect your privacy on your computer is helpful. Um, I haven't dealt with it from sellers cause I don't, I just won't even respond to someone if they're coming off like icky from the beginning, yeah. um, just cause with all, all the DMS, but yeah, it's, uh, I think everyone kind of deals with that. Even if it's not panty selling, like how do you react to shitty people? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I think for me this year or more recently, especially with TikTok and reels and things like that, like I've been a bit more present on my um, Instagram page and TikTok, obviously, because before that it was just like, you know, here's the cover of my blog post and, and there was no me. And now that I've been like, you know, stepping out a bit more and being like, hey, this is me. I'm the, like, you know, the personality behind the podcast yes. and what it looks like and stuff. That, that has made me feel extra vulnerable and I guess maybe even attracted situations where it's like okay mm -hmm. are you sure about this like you know what if this that and the other so I think it's it's an ongoing journey for all of us and you know I think well, let, let me butt in if you don't mind mm -hmm. have you felt that your monetization has improved since you've felt more comfortable being the face of what you've created yes I have and it's advice that I gave 
well, that I continue to give to sellers talking about allowing the full expression of your personality to come through and not being afraid yes. of that and not trying to be yes. like all the other sex workers or even what a sex worker is and just being you and that people are magnetized to that and they're attracted to that, not just sexually, but energetically. Um, and that that will lead to more sales. And, you know, I believe that. And that ha- was the case for me with regards to selling worn items. But then, of course, I realized that that also translated to the podcast and the trainings and all that kind of stuff. But it always felt like a step too far to do that. Um, so I've really had to push myself out of my comfort zone. But hey, now I'm like, you know, dancing to TikToks and all kinds of yes. shit. Going, hey, everyone. Like, I think I posted three reels today. It's like somebody fucking stopped me now. But <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like, a, I think it's uncharted territory for a lot of sellers and becoming comfortable with what they do and dropping the shame around what they do as well because I think that that Mm -hmm. holds us back so that was something that you mentioned earlier so I suppose now is the time to ask it like how do you think or what advice do you have for buy sellers who are maybe feeling or carrying this like little bit of shame around you know having an OnlyFans or whatever like you know how do they sort of drop that not that they have to drop it completely but it would help us both I have a mantra that's I hope I say it right um I choose to show my body and I accept the judgment or consequences that come with it Mm -hmm. so if I want to dance around and talk about the hundreds of thousands I can make on OnlyFans then I have to accept a few people maybe removing me from their life because of it and Mm -hmm. my aunt told me she said honey, why would you want someone that only loves two thirds of you anyways? And then you think about like, you know, I have this flesh bag on me. It's pretty fucking hot. And (laughs) I think people deserve to see it. Like I am a treasure and I'm going to be like, there's something about feeling worshiped that feels really good. Every girl deserves to have that feeling if they're not receiving it in reality so it's definitely a serotonin boost and if you're feeling shamed you have to dig real deep because typically if you went to therapy I think it would come down to how your caretakers took care of you as a child or an experience you had because you don't just wake up and feel ashamed of yourself. It's definitely something deeper, Mm -hmm. but putting on this queen goddess persona that I've created, I just activate her when necessary. And she was definitely birthed when I was a stripper because I'd walk into the strip club and the power was there. The aura was there. So whenever I need it, I tap into that bad little bitch and no one can stop her. No one can touch her. And we all, we all deserve to have that crown whenever we need to put it on. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. Um, I guess having, you know, all our, we all have like our fake names, right? Like our alter ego, the way Beyonce does. It's like, well, actually you could utilize that and go, right. Okay. I'm going to decide that Dalmarosa is X, Y, and Z. Like, so it doesn't really matter so much what I am because this is what she is and this is who I'm being right now and it sounds a little bit schizophrenic when I say it like that but um Mm -hmm. I think that that is really good advice and the other thing I just want to ask you quickly do you you think art do you believe or is it your opinion that strippers are sex workers 
Well, to me, it's, I, I guess like the adult industry is another phrase I like to use. So anything to me that feels like 18 and up that has to do with sexual pleasure, uh, that's what I assume. And mm -hmm. I think some people mistake sex workers with like prostitution or escorting. Yeah. So I like to normalize the word sex worker, but a pe yeah. people think like it's illegal to be a sex worker sometimes. So if you say like, oh, I'm, I'm in the adult industry, because even selling dildos, that's me being in an adult industry. So yeah. I think it's, you know, however, you know, here, how about we look up the, the definition? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I would have thought if it's, you know, if you need to have a fake name, if you're <laughs> enticing and, you know, sexually exciting men or women that frequent these clubs, then technically you are. But I, I spoke to a stripper yesterday and she's like, no, I, I don't identify as a sex worker. And I thought, okay. oh, that's interesting. So I was just curious of your definition because my mind was blown. I was like, oh, really? Okay. I just always... Well they weren't I that and that is interesting when I was a stripper I didn't think of myself as a sex worker and some depending on the interview I'll be like oh I was an exotic dancer <laughs> you know like there's different words but on Wikipedia it says a, a sex worker is a person who's employed in the sex industry and the term is used in reference to all those in areas of the sex industry, including those who provide direct sexual services. And some sex workers are paid to engage in sex acts or sexually explicit behavior, which right. involves varying degrees of physical contact with clients or filmed or photographed, you know, phone sex. It's a whole thing. So I think um, stripping would be uh, somewhat of a direct sexual service. Yeah. Interesting. Well, um, hold on. I do want to add um, when I was talking to my CPA about creating my entertainment company because I needed to separate all my sex work from my other businesses, he even made a good point. He was like, you know, when when you're filling out these documents, you aren't writing you're an OnlyFans model. Um, mm -hmm. There was a word he used, like kind of like what therapists do, like when you're talking to someone and what is like a consultant, <laughs> because ultimately you're having a consulting conversation and working through emotions and pleasure wow. with someone. very similar. And I was like, yeah. this is why you're my CPA. <laughs> I'm going to start calling myself a therapist now then in that case. Exactly. I mean, it is therapy. These, it you is. know, these, yeah, yeah I mean, you know why. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Uh-huh, for sure. Um, okay, my next question is, how can sellers stand out in, well, you know, a saturated market? Um, you know, how, how do they stand out from the crowd? How to stand out from the crowd is simply discovering, tapping into what makes you unique and uh, what's the word? Um, not exposing, exaggerating it. Okay. So kind of what we talked about, we were talking about ASMR before, before we started. And I was like, Oh, I made a burping ASMR as a joke. And now it's bringing people to my OnlyFans. <laughs> so when I was a webcam model, one, I changed my name like every six months just to help stay more anonymous. And at one point I was like bicep, princess or something. Wow. And I was getting a lot of requests for flexing shows, which mm. was just easy. Cause I didn't have to get naked or be sexual. I just sit there and fucking flex mm. my arms and my back. 
And then it turned into, I was the only webcam model that could do these belching shows and also flex and had tattoos. So that was my niche. Oh my and God. <laughs> that made me the, uh, how'd you ask the question? That made me stand out. So right. everyone's unique. So stop trying to be what everyone else is, because if you do, then you're going to jump in the pool of people that every buyer can buy from. Yeah, absolutely. I made that mistake myself. Well, it wasn't so much a mistake. I didn't know any better, but certainly when I joined Panty Deal, you know, when you're the new girl, right, you you look and you see, right, okay, how do things work around here? And you you look at what everyone else is doing and then you go, well, I'll, I'll just copy that, right? I'll just do that. Um, but then it wasn't too long after that where I was just like, do you know what? Fuck this. Like, I'm just going to start having fun and being myself and posting random things on the wall the way I would like on my normal social media. Um, and that's when I started to get real traction on the site because sure, like, you know, buyers that were watching that would just be like, oh my God, that bitch is crazy. Like I'm definitely not buying from her. But then, you know, it attracted the other ones that thought that was funny or silly or like, who's this kind of thing? Like it got them curious Mm -hmm. to find out more. And so that's always been my advice. But at the same time, I can see why, you know, people that aren't feeling maybe secure in themselves or confident, you know, like I, I literally will get messages from sellers going like, how do I be myself? I'm like, well, fucking I, I don't know like, just be you if you <laughs> well, don't an, another good question to ask them is like look at yourself and sometimes it's like your um I don't want to size is something you know the way your body is can put you in a category uh even your skin tone your hair color your eye color whether you're alternative or not what sports you play um some I mean there's people do eating shows. I mean, feet's pretty easy, but you can get more creative with like what you're squishing or doing to your feet. Um, do you have any other suggestions? Yeah, I, I put together like a separate training actually, which is now in one of my trainings, which was nail your niche. And yeah. I literally, like sat down and I thought about all of these different things. And I think the real, well, not the real, like a, a good piece of advice around that is to allow your mind to just go completely open and to just like not discount anything. And again, this is where like a journal, like a pen and paper really comes in handy. You just write out absolutely everything, like, you know, everything related to you, but not just related to you, things that you're interested in and into because newsflash, like your business is allowed to be fun for you. And so like you can do, like if you love doing dick ratings, if that's your thing, then why not be like the dick rating queen, right? Or something like that. So yeah, I just advise people to like, of course, see what's out there. Like get, again, get inspiration from- Yeah, like if if you want to scream at men, if you're good at that, that's a thing. Um, if you're like a woodworker, you could go out in the woods naked and do stuff. Noodles, honey. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> my dog. Um, and like, I follow a girl who has these beautiful love handles and her whole OnlyFans is like shots of her in jeans from behind without a shirt on with her cute little dimples in her back. And I'm like, you know, maybe she was teased about those. And now she's like empowered by them. Just how I was teased about my biceps and my big nose. And now if you own it, no one can make fun of you for it because you've already owned it. You're like, yeah, I know this part of me is kind of fugly, but it makes me money. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Um, 
okay, well, I've got, I've, <laughs> all the time. I've got one more question and then we're going to wrap things up. Um, no, what, I'm having so much fun. I know I am too. My poor children are sat in the other room and they're not allowed to go. Oh my God. The internet because it like our bandwidth here is prehistoric, honestly. So I'm like, nope, nobody can go on devices. Um, I love it. <laughs> So what, what would you say it takes to make it in this industry? And I'm using like inverted commas again to like to make it, but like to, I guess to, you yeah, know, I was going to say like what, like, what defines make it, you know, well, still be here like three months later, like not give up, you know, at the first hurdle and actually like, you know, keep going long enough to see some results, I suppose. Like, what does it take in your opinion? Well, to me, if I keep it a side hustle, it's extra income that I can spoil myself with. Cause I don't spoil myself with my business income for my brands because all that money goes back into the brands. And whenever I did go get a massage or an expensive facial, I always felt guilty about it. So mm -hmm. having this work as a side hustle, it's just a plus. And that's mm -hmm. why I don't suggest women to immediately think it's a full-time job that they can just quit and do this. So since it's not a full-time job for me, and like I talked about having the eggs in different baskets, it relieves that anxiety because the money isn't promised. Yeah. Um, and it all boils down to whatever energy you put into it, you get back. If you're not on your phone all day or once a day doing this, you're not going to have consistent income. But I know you're probably on the interwebs looking at sites and posting much more than I am. So what would, what would your answer be? No, I think that's absolutely amazing advice. Um, I just did a YouTube video yesterday talking about, you know, outlandish claims that have come um, you know, from individuals, but also from platforms themselves that set unrealistic expectations around income, income potential in this work. And you're right, taking the pressure off and going, right, okay, like making it, and don't get me wrong, I understand that there are people out there who are in dire financial need and, you know, are, are turning to this job or, are, or have already been in this job for a while and do need to make the sales. But mm -hmm. for those that aren't in that category, allowing, you know, taking the pressure off by going, do you know what? I'm just going to have fun today. And if a sale happens, great. And if it doesn't, great. Do you know what I mean? Like it just frees up so much mental energy. And as soon as you're like holding on to that frustration about I've got to make a sale, I've got to make a sale, I've got to get only fan subscribers, I've got to this, I've got to that. Like it ends up, in my opinion, like pushing those things away, like repelling them and such. Yes. I, if, if you don't mind, I'd like to interject because I'm somewhat of a spiritual person. And I also have, I know I keep bringing up my mantras because I just have these fucking sticky notes everywhere. <laughs> but another one is I trust that the universe will provide me with everything I need at exactly the right time. Yeah. And if you are manifesting um, I need money because I'm broke or I need to pay my rent. The universe is going to give you more of what you're manifesting, which is lack of like you are manifesting that you have lack of financial support and it's going to come off in your work. Yeah. So if you go into your work and you're like, you know what? I trust that my bank account's going to be full at exactly the right time. And maybe it's not right now because I need to be pushed in a direction or I need to push myself harder. So I think a lot of it comes down to that. I feel like when people are asking for money on TikTok and sharing their cash app, mm -hmm. it 
it's gives me a funny feeling because I think about that mantra. And when I had $0 in my bank account, I went to the strip club and I'm, I'm always like, well, if you haven't gone to the strip club yet, like you've not exhausted all your options. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to how quickly you can make money, you know, and it's, it's hard to say because I do have girls messaging me like, oh, I listened to your podcast. I made $100 today. And I'm sure yeah. that's happened to you. But then I have people that are like, I bought your book. It's bullshit. I want a <laughs> refund. And I'm like, it's not my fault if you didn't use the advice. Yeah, yeah. I know it is. It's such a combination of factors. Um, You know, like, yeah, you have to show up. You have to do the work. You have to have the fucking inner game, you know, which is a constant struggle, like for all of us, which we've already talked about. Mm -hmm. And also there is an element of right place, right time, right buyer, ready to buy. Do you know what I mean? So yes, that's the universe laying out all the ingredients and it's exactly. up to you to stir that pot. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's fun, but I get it as well. Like I have been in that place where it's like, I haven't made a sale today. I want to make a sale today, you know, and, and then like feeling frustrated around that. So I get it and I have been there and it is, again, it's a constant struggle to sort of go release. And I don't care if I make money when like, you know, your bank balance is like, bitch, you need to make some fucking money. Well, it's like when you're looking for love or partner, it's like, it always happens when you're not looking. Yeah. 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 I manifested my husband as well. So I'm quite... <laughs> good on you <laughs> I need three and, husbands <laughs> really wow uh, it would just be nice to uh have someone cooking while someone's yeah. filling up my bath <laughs> it, I'll take a girlfriend too whatever yeah, yeah I know um well okay so you mentioned your books there and and this would be the appropriate moment as we wrap up the podcast ah, okay you know what you've got going on where people can find your stuff what stuff you have and all that kind of stuff so I thought about how I wanted to say this because it's a um, controversial thing in the sex work side of TikTok that women are making money giving advice about sex work because mm -hmm. advice is free on the internet. But I have had my free advice on the internet for years. So why are why am I still getting asked for mentorships? Why am I still getting asked for direct advice? Mm -hmm. So I started doing more on TikTok because I, you know, I saw other creators doing it and I thought, you know what? I want to help too. So I started doing that. And I got such good feedback about how much money people were making. And I'm, and I'm like, okay, I'm giving this out for free. And these girls are making thousands and thousands, quitting their jobs and doing it. Like, yes, mm -hmm. I love that. Yes, it makes me feel good. But someone commented, they said, why don't you have an ebook? You monetize everything else in your life. Why don't mm -hmm. you just have something on your website so that you can, you know, you're so busy. You, you know, I can't even do mentorships anymore. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to try it. I'm not even going to tell anyone about it. I'm just going to pop it on the website, which I did. And within a month, like a hundred, if not 200 people, I think bought my little like where to sell things on the internet. And wow. it kind of scared me because I have like imposter syndrome where sometimes I don't believe my success is real oh, because thanks. I still feel like I don't know yeah. what I'm doing and I don't yeah. have a college degree. Yeah. So I like to say I educate based on my experience and mm -hmm. my experience helps 90% of beginners, but I, it's hard to call myself an expert because what is an expert in this yeah. industry? Yeah. So, um, my little ebook series is on my website, Rebecca blue.com with two K's. 
And I pulled pages from my full book, which is being printed right now. It's like a hundred page. It has my story alongside with tips for me, but I just pulled the pages that were most important, like where to sell safety tips, um, how to set things up with payment from the beginning, because I just wanted useful tools for everyone. And the moment I saw, I wouldn't say backlash. It was honestly like only two people on TikTok that were kind of feisty about it. Um, my empathy in me started thinking like, am I doing something wrong? Mm. And then I talked to you about it. Cause you've been in the educator game for a long time. And I see you as kind of like the, the queen mother of <laughs> education. Right. And I, <laughs> and I said from the beginning, like, I don't want to talk about it. Cause I don't want to compete, like compete with you. Yeah. But the thing is like, we discussed with sex work, like education is a whole entity in itself. And there's not a lot of educators in this business and people pay to go to college to get educated. People pay to watch a seminar or a course and there's nothing wrong with it. And I'm, I'm trying to self-talk my way through empowering myself that yes, I have good advice. Yes, it works. And I will not feel bad about being reciprocated for reciprocated for for what there's a nice spiel. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I just want to share with the listeners that before we pressed record Rebecca had said you know I won't I won't mention my stuff because obviously you do stuff as well and I was like fuck yeah you will mention it like I I see I really genuinely see it the same way I see panty selling right it's like a buyer will see my stuff and you'll see your stuff and he will you know resonate with one or the other right Mm -hmm. um it's the same thing in this sphere as well it's like people listen to my podcast um, and they resonate with my stuff and they go, yeah, I'm interested in what that bitch has to say, right? Or they resonate with another person and that's totally fine. And so it's like, I really genuinely operate in a space that as long, well, this is like my thing, as long as the person that's doing the educating is not um, profiteering or capitalizing off of either bad advice or, you know, stolen information, if you like, like plagiarized stuff, or hasn't actually got any experience in the industry that they're educating in, then I'm like, you know, yeah, like I want to share everybody with everyone because we're all, let's say it louder for the people in the back. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're all here. Nobody is like, you know, regulating our industry. So we rely on good people to do it within right and so that's you and that's me and that's lots and lots and lots of other sellers so I'm not like oh my god that person's doing that and I do that as well it's like no we're we're, there's space for everyone that's well how would you feel about um the panty market being saturated with sellers because I feel like on OnlyFans especially like there's a plethora there's billions of people on the internet so I feel like it's an industry that will never die so Mm -hmm. there's always going to be more buyers than sellers, um, in my opinion. So that's why I feel like, you know, let's lift everyone up to try it if they want to. And if they're capable, because at the same time people start and they quit as quickly as they start, it's like a revolving door. So how do you feel about like the market saturation? The other thing with that, the other side to what you just said there is if people are coming in under false expectations, like we said, then that's Mm. a problem. Okay. If they're watching a video on YouTube that says 3,000 in your first 30 days, right? Your first 30 days selling worn items, that's a problem. If people are coming in 
with a realistic understanding of what they can expect, how much work is involved and how long it might take them to even make one sale, then I think that that is a good way to hold back the reins of people flooding the market. So it's about them being told the right information from the start when they come across a TikTok that's like sell panties online, as long as that person's like, and it could take four to six weeks and you know, this, that, and the other, then that is a really good point. It's a good way of stemming that flow. If we can't do that and people are misinforming, you know, sellers who are desperate for money and flooding platforms, then unfortunately it will have an impact, but the impact usually dies off after 30 days. Like, I mean, most sellers don't last two weeks because they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, fuck this. This is too much hard work, right? Well, well, think about it. If you went to college and your teacher didn't tell you how to perform heart surgery correctly, you could kill somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a responsibility for us. Yeah, you're um, right. It's a a responsibility. And I think most of us do give that information and go hey you know this is fun and hey you can make lots of money and it's brilliant but also here's like a little sprinkling of reality for you so yeah um well well, hey if if there were to be a surgeon in mexico that was botching people's surgeries if i were an educated surgeon i would want to let people know to avoid um, harming themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's my mission. I basically calling myself panty selling Jesus now because <laughs> to like rid the world of, you know, um, bullshit information in relation to panty selling specifically. So that, you know, that's my burden. That's my cross that I bear. <laughs> hey, do it, doing the good work, not, you know, it's sandals and a beard now and I'll be quite happy. Well, in, and just quickly, you know, TikTok in itself is a whole nother interesting world now because there's stripper TikTok, there's uh, accountant TikTok, and everyone's so vague so that they don't get their TikToks removed about it. So you have people subtly giving advice, including myself, and then mm. you see other people's and then in the comments, like I'll have people even correct me. And then I reply like, thank you. I'm going to reply back with a video so right. that we can all provide each other the resources we need just like just like your discord and stuff which is even more in depth no that's good but you got banned from tiktok didn't you yeah i got permanently banned and i made a youtube video about my whole experience because i had no warning and this happened to it was like a sex worker purge and Mm -hmm. rolling stone interviewed me about it um it was incredible their algorithm of bots really deleted anyone that had an OnlyFans link in their link tree and I think the only reason I got it back is because my lawyer really helped me with my verbiage to not be angry with TikTok and to be like hey I'm an educator I'm not on here like I don't even show that much skin on my TikTok I'm very like I don't I'm just myself it's anyways um the whole story is on my YouTube but it's a very scary place for sex workers right now. And with the whole porn hub thing happening with them losing, like, I think it was MasterCard, all of every website, Instagram, Facebook, every app, they're changing their guidelines to really penalize anything along the lines of 18 and up content. So when people are messaging me, how do I get my TikTok back? I look at their TikTok and they're basically on the floor with their legs open in a bikini. And I'm like, you're not getting it back because yeah, you're, yeah. yeah, you're not yeah yeah it's uh it's a minefield but um like we (laughs) said earlier like sex workers find a way you know there's always a way um 
but well, that, that, and that's what separates the making money from not if you're you're ingenuitive and yeah. an entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit because you're built to solve problems yeah absolutely I think honestly before they like put people on um what are they called MBAs or whatever they should make Mm -hmm. them do a year in sex work because that is just like the precursor for all entrepreneurial flair I feel I know it when I like working at a strip club, that's like how to learn. You can, it's business school without going to business school. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Uh, This was so much fun. I just got to the end of all of my questions. Um, What I'm going to do is I'll include all of your links, everything in the show notes so that people can find you on your website, on your TikTok, on your Instagram, on your YouTube and all that kind of thing. So, it's too um, much. It's that yeah. overwhelms me when you say it all out loud. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot going on, but I just want to say thank you so much. I know loads of people will get so much from this interview and, you know, thank you so much for your time as well, because you are so busy and I really appreciate just, you know, taking an hour out is a lot to ask. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for providing a safe platform and it's such a priority to me too. So I would, I'd do this again in a heartbeat. It's Aww. you're, uh, like I said, you're doing the good work and we need more people in the world like you. Oh, thank you so much.